0: You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Small Biz Ahead, the small business podcast presented by The Hartford. This is John Adakonis, and I am joined with my friend, Gene Marks, and also by a very special guest today, Bob Butler, the General Manager of the Americas for Safety Culture. Um, How's everyone doing today? I am fine. How about you, Bob?
1: I'm I'm doing great, and and thanks for having me. I'm a uh, I'm the son of small business owners. Dad started a uh, home security company right out of school. Turned 70 in October, and just announced that he's going for five more years. So none of us believe him. We we think by the time he hits 74, he'll go. Uh, he'll he'll be announcing he's to 80. But uh, so it really excited to speak with your listeners today, and thank you for having having sure. me on.
2: He sounds like he's a little crazy, like a lot of small business owners that
1: I work with. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is. He, he definitely is. I say passionate,
0: right? I think it's, it's passion versus crazy. Maybe a little bit of both. You know it takes a different way of thinking. True. Very true. Awesome. Well, Bob, thank you for spending some time with us today. All right. So, Bob, tell us a little bit about what safety culture is. What's the company, the category? What do you do?
1: Our mission is to be the operational heartbeat of working teams across the world. Uh, We're an Australian-based company, and our America's headquarters is based out of Kansas City. And what we do is uh, we do, we, we, we are, our plan to be this operational heartbeat is, is by our mobile first operations platform, which leverages human observations to identify opportunities for businesses to improve every day. Uh, We have a large customer set. We have 28,000 organizations that use us from across all over the world, and they're using our two um, flagship products. So we've got iAuditor, which is our mobile-first inspection platform, and then we've got EdApp, which is also a uh, mobile-first micro-learning platform. And customers use these products to make sure that they're performing checks out in the field, they're training staff, and they're automating tasks. Um, the good thing is, uh, compared to a lot of other uh, SaaS businesses, we have a very high usage rate with our customers. So on the mobile inspection platform, my auditor, our customers are completing over 600 million checks in the in the app per year. And coming out of those checks are millions and millions of corrective actions. So if I'm inspecting something and I see something that's wrong, I can assign a task to someone else in our organization to fix it. Right. Uh, And then on the the app side, the micro learning platform, we're completing over 50,000 lessons per day. So instead of pulling your staff into a classroom setting and having them go through a face to face learning and and kind of disrupting your day to day, you can serve up these lessons right to the mobile device and have them complete them right there, um, right there from the phone. So that's uh, that's safety culture in a nutshell.
0: Maybe we can talk a little bit in the weeds. So when you're saying SaaS, we, we mean like software as a service, right? Not just a, a fun attitude. But I'm okay. assuming that, you know, gets enabled a little bit through some kind of physical hardware. So when you talk about human observation and kind of safety checks, can, can we make that a little bit more real life for people? Like, what does that mean? Is it like sensors on a cooler to see if like temperatures are right? If it is it something kind of more structural, Like like how does your software kind of observe an issue and realize it's yep. an issue?
1: Yep. So let's talk about the inspection app. So the inspection app, you download from the iOS uh, iOS store, or you download it from an Android device. It's on your phone, and you can phys- you're physically uh, walking through whether a customer site or your own internal site, and you're performing a, a routine check right there from a digital checklist uh, from your your phone or your tablet. So that's how you capture information there, and then it's stored in the cloud, which is uh, which for us is with Amazon Web Services. I think what you're you're asking about is our sensors technology which is a, another offering uh that we have as well and what that does is it allows you to automatically monitor things like temperature and humidity um, in real time in whether it's a uh, any any environment that you want to make sure that things are are cooled uh, properly. So a lot of examples we have around there are with customers that want to make sure that they're like like in a restaurant environment. They want to make sure that their fridge, their fridge is at the right temperature so that, that they don't lose their stock. If you think about that for example if you're a restaurateur you know you lose your 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 fridge goes out in the middle of the night and you have to throw all your food away it's devastating to your margins i'm not a restaurateur but i can tell you living in kansas city we have big trees and power lines everywhere when our power goes out in the middle of the night you gotta you gotta empty out a fridge it's just uh it's, it's really heartbreaking so what this sensors technology does is it, it sits inside that fridge and when there's any fluctuation it automatically drives an alert through iAuditor so that they, then you're un, then able to take some action on it. Awesome.
0: So I guess the first part, so when you're saying human observation, it's really you as a business decision maker can say like, here are the things I want you to do to my team. And you can kind of record keep those in the app. So, you know, using the restaurant example again, because I think that's, you know, a lot of our listeners happen to be in that industry. Um, it might be a good supplement for like a line check. So every day folks are having their, for people are cooks maybe kind of going down the line making sure everything looks fresh temperatures are right you know everything kind of cut appropriately you're staffed with or stocked with your sanitary equipment um, is that the kind of thing you might do kind of on that that first part of the equation and then it would send it to your your team or stored in a in a cloud somewhere where you could access to make sure that everything was kind of you know as you want it to be and you're giving that best fresh experience.
1: yeah, G- great example, and we have a lot of restaurants that are doing exactly what you just said. So it starts with um, starts with just the the kind of the premise of uh, of our business, which is that our belief is that quality and safety it really starts from the front line. So if you're an executive in a business, you can't be everywhere at once, but you do know, down in the field where, where things are happening, that's where you can really uh, that's where you can really uh, drive some change. So in your restaurant example, let's say that um, you've got a couple different restaurants and you want to make sure that we are going to build the same meal, uh, identi- the, the same way in both restaurants. OK, so that's uh, you start with with the exact checklist um, to make sure that you're doing um, you're, you're following the same exact steps uh, for, for each location. So that, that's compliance. So that's great. That's a good place to start. And if we do that appropriately, and then you, with your with the individuals that work for you, make sure that they know it's okay to say that maybe this isn't perfect. That's going to then drive transparency. And if we've got transparency, and people know it's okay to call out when things aren't perfect, that's how we get to where we're trying to trying to go with all of our customers. And, and many of them are at different stages of this with us, which is continuous improvement. Meaning when I when I go through and I'm completing this line check. I can start to spot these trends that then roll up to the leadership level. So you can put an action plan in place to make sure that you're putting out an even a higher quality product.
0: Right. Well, it's interesting you say that because I've been in a lot of conversations this week and last uh, around a couple of projects and there's this theme of execution, right? So everyone can have a big idea. Ideas are a dime a dozen. I think so many of us get caught up in like, this is going to be the next thing. This is going to be the revolutionary thing, but without making sure you're executing well, like can't really do that and sometimes it's just really going back to basics and this sounds like a technology that really kind of lets you keep tabs on are we doing what we want to do are we doing it well and you know is there room for us to do it better which i think is a good reminder for you know all of our listeners and, and everybody If you're not doing it well then why are you doing it at all you know
1: i think i don't know if a safety culture employee could say it better than what you just said there that, that's exactly right
0: all right so i guess just a little bit on the the kind of snazzy part right so i think the word sensors probably are perking up some people's ears and i think you're very much right where like i'm in the northeast right so we lose trees all the time especially in the fall or kind of early winter where things are still warm but wet it is one of those devastating feelings where you come in to work the next day you know i grew up kind of in the food service business and you realize something went out and you kind of got to start from scratch. You have to figure out how to restock everything because you still want to open because now power is back and you're trying to make up the revenue. It's just a, a feeling that nobody likes. When you think about the sensor technology, whether it's that, or I'm guessing humidity would even be something that might sense, mm-hmm. like a water leak or some kind of flooding sensor, or you know maybe something was turned on or left on. Like How do those work? Is that something where you as a business owner can kind of buy those Anywhere and it just integrates with like your system. Is that a hardware service that's specific to your software? um You know, and and what kind of things do you need to know in order to do it? Because I'm guessing you'd have to somehow manually teach the machine that this is good, this is bad, this is what I want to see, this means like wake me up at two o'clock in the morning.
1: Right. Yep. No. All, all great questions. The uh, from from a safety culture business standpoint, we ha- we have our own sensors that we've launched that we've. Uh, we built and have brought those to market, and uh, real easy to to use. You can you you basically plug it in, and um, just it's a, it's a DIY piece of hardware that you can you can install yourself. And and as you'd expect, if you're if you're trying to measure humidity, if it's temperature, um, anything that, that that you would expect for freezers and fridges, um, it can measure and, and it can drive those alerts in real time to Iogner. So you gave the humidity example. You know we have w- one of our customers is uh, Sun Pacific, which is a a large uh fruit producer and they I don't know, i'm not sure if you guys have ever had these they they create the cuties those are the little oranges of mandarins and yes. clementines are not oranges i'm sorry i, I always say that uh, we eat them at our house we still call them our little kids call them oranges but they're they're uh mandarins and clementines and and they they do exactly uh they, they're they're they joined us on uh, joined with us on sensors uh Little over a year ago to do that exact humidity check because you know the stock loss for them based on humidity was 50k a year if it, if something went wrong and for them obviously is that tough on the business but you know it can can lead to them shipping some unsafe food to their customers which would be really tough on their brand so um, so to, to answer your question we ha- we do have our own proprietary sensors but we're also working to make sure that we can uh, continue to work with any sensor on the market. That's our that's our kind of our north star goal here from a sensor standpoint, so that our our customers don't have to just buy our software or our hardware. If they've got existing software, uh, hardware, we've been working to make sure that it would all connect into iAuditor.
0: You know, I think Gene's going to have some questions too, so I'm going to turn it over to him soon. But I have one more for you, and that's kind of around how you think a little bit about the expertise, right? So, you know, you talk about human observation, you talk about being able to advise on that kind of action. Is all of that knowledge kind of coming from the unique perspective of the customer, or because of the scale of businesses that you represent? are you able to kind of provide insights like businesses like you might want to look for this, or here's kind of a best practice?
1: Yeah, also a great question. we We rely heavily on um, partners and customers to to serve up um, best practices to to our um, our customers and and also the ones that um, the, the folks that are looking at us and using our um, the free version of our product so you know i think um, first on the on the consulting side we work with we work with t- uh, tons of h and s consultants across the globe um, both big and small that um, that are that many of which are former customers that have gone off on their own and started their own small business and bring best practices to us and um, that allows us to create things like best practices templates that if you go to our website and you're in you run a small manufacturer, you can find our top 10 uh, best practices templates and and use uh, and download those and, and get started very quickly. So we, we definitely use uh, work with third party consultants. And then there's a there's a fascinating twist here around the insurance side as well, which um, which drives a lot of uh, best practices throughout uh, our, our customer base. So that that one goes all the way back to how the company was was started. Um, another small business owner who. Um, uh, his name's Luke Nier. It's our founder and CEO. He started his career as a private investigator uh, investigating workman's comp claims, and um, so he he's got a lot of stories about stakeouts. He might be a good one to have on the next uh, podcast. Um, but uh, so Luke's uh, Luke's an entrepreneur at heart, and you know he's sitting there in one of his stakeouts, and he realizes that um, that his business is dependent on people getting hurt at work, and for Luke. And being such a high integrity guy, I thought maybe there's a better way to make a living. And what if I was what if I was on the other side of the equation and helped people uh, from getting uh, to work? I know I'm taking on the long flight here, but I'm gonna answer your question, John. So Luke, uh, Luke decides to start safety culture.
0: Awesome, Bob. That's really interesting. And Gene, I know you have a lot of questions here, and I'm imagining <laughs> just kind of your category alone working in technology, thinking about how people kind of serve their business through you know software as a service this is probably intriguing to you. So I'm going to see if you have a, you know, you want to kind of take over from here.
2: Yeah, that's sure. So um, listen, I mean, you, you, the questions you had, John, were were so good and really covered some of the ground that I wanted to cover. But, you know, Bob, you know, John and I are, are, are ganging up on you because um, this is such, it's such an important issue now. So before I even ask any like, you know, sort of like more technology related questions, and they're not that detailed, but just the overall environment, Bob. I mean, we are in um, a, you know, a time right now where safety and health is, is a primary concern to so many businesses uh, coming out of COVID. And also um, I know that you know, you know, more money is being budgeted for OSHA. And, and the word that I hear from, from people that I work with in Washington is that uh, there's gonna be you know, an expansion in, in health and safety inspections and regulatory requirements and reporting and all of that. Um, which, which you know, dovetails directly into what you guys do. So, so Bob, can you can you talk a little bit about the the sort of the regulatory environment and and why you think it's important for small businesses of any size in any industry to consider some type of a, a safety application platform? to make sure that they're in compliance and ahead of the game?
1: Yeah, you got it. So absolutely on the regulatory environment. This is uh, I know we're only, what, five months into the Biden administration, but you know, he's already signaled more budget. It'll be the biggest budget increase in at least a decade or so. And it makes sense because prior to the pandemic, um, you know, to, to when the pandemic started, OSHA uh, complaints are up 10x. So uh, this is going to continue to be a hot button. Specifically for your audience, I mean, the the top safety issues for those businesses of all sectors is really how, you know, I'd love to tell you the two or three different safety issues that everyone needs to focus on, but I think it's a bigger um, challenge than that today because it really comes down to safety is driving consumer confidence and it's driving employee retention. And we, we've just published a survey yesterday in partnership with YouGov, and it uncovered that more than one in three uh, said that they still have some level of discomfort visiting businesses that have relaxed COVID-19 safety precautions. Our survey also uncovered that this isn't really a vaccinated or a non-vaccinated discussion because of vaccinated consumers who you would suspect are probably more comfortable going uh, going into you know the public today mm-hmm. 38% still feel they're they're unco- still feel uncomfortable going to a sporting event or a theater 35% to a gym 25% to a restaurant so there's a consumer consumer confidence um, challenge here, then it ties back directly to safety. And then also on the employee retention side, it's a big deal. So there's an article in the Wall Street Journal last week that said that if you're, um, that employees are retiring um, without jobs or, or quitting without jobs because they're being asked to come back into the office. And we, what we've seen here in our survey is the same thing. Two in 10 people that are vaccinated still indicate that they're uncomfortable returning to work. So. I mean, I think to, to put that all in a nutshell, this uh, safety is a value proposition for businesses to compete. And that's all pretty tough news still. But um, the good thing is, is that there's there's some silver linings here. The The first one is we we actually did the same survey with nearly identical identical questions last year leading right up to 4th of July. And um, I, I can tell you, I'm not even going to go through those results. We are materially in a better spot than we were last year. Like consumer confidence is way up as you'd imagine. Right. And then also also you know, our customers prove time and time, time and time again, that, that you can control your own safety destiny. And they do that by creating the right protocols that are repeatable and can, can be completed with a simple checklist. So um, that, that's what we're seeing.
2: Makes complete sense, Bob. And so you know on the technical side of this, um, so you're driving this down to the employees. So my understanding of safety culture is, and stop me if I'm wrong, um, it's an app that employees have, I'm assuming, correct? Which they, they access from any device. So as employees, you know, themselves, they can they can self-report on any potential safety issues going on around the business. Um, and obviously like you and John spoke about earlier, there's um, automation you know from from internet of things like sensors that can be put into different places like refrigerators, for example, that can also report. So all of this is going into a cloud database. All of this has custom reports that you can do. all of this has workflows as well. so we're like if a safety issue is you know is discovered, you know, certain actions and follow-ups can can be triggered. Is is that right? And and how does it, all that work?
1: Yep, you're, you're spot on. So so first with um with why front lines versus ex- why we, executives, we really uh, believe that um, that's that if you're going to change, um, if you're going to change uh, your operations and continue to, to to get to that path of continuous improvement, it starts with having the having this in the hands of front lines on their on their on their um, iPhone, or on their Android, or on their tablet because the front lines are they're they're out there uh, doing these compliance checks on a uh daily if not hourly process and they're the ones that can drive home some best practices so they're in the mix as far as how the the rest of the technology works when i when i'm out there on the front lines and i'm i'm doing one of these performance checks and we we've, we've shifted from you know compliance to transparency. So I know that uh, it's okay for me and my business to to call out something that's wrong. And I suspect most of your listeners, you've already built that trust with your team. I can then, when I'm completing one of these inspections, send a corrective action to someone to go fix it. And then I'll be able to see the resolution on when things are completed. And at the executive level or at the management level, whoever has access to the high-level data can see the trending information: what's going well, what's not going well. If I've got multiple sites, I can score each site to see who's who's uh who's who's uh who's definitely um, building the best culture of safety and um and who needs some help. So uh, it's all it's all uh it's all in the cloud. Um, managers that are accessing that data typically would do that from a laptop. Um, and then the folks that are capturing most of the data and, and completing most of the, the corrective actions are driving that from uh, a device.
2: Yeah, It just seems like an application that that businesses, I mean, all businesses should really have. Um, I know there's a free version and there's obviously a paid version as well. But even the free version, just looking at your website, provides enough features and functionalities that if you're running a restaurant or a small retail shop, the last thing you want is somebody tripping over something, you know, with some some, you know, issue that might, you know, you, you damage somebody's health or, uh, or a customer issue that you just want to report. Um, so I just, I, you know, I think it's just one of those things that all businesses have to get used to the fact that um, they have to empower their employees to report safety issues because safety has become a major, major issue. Where do you see all this going, Bob? And then we'll, we'll wrap up. I mean, how do, how do you see the company developing over the next few years?
1: Yeah, uh, th- thanks for that. Um, you know, w- we will continue to um, build more robust features into the product so that we can uh, continue to empower uh, the frontline workers and um, and then at the operational level, ensure that the uh, it will, that'll ensure that the the executives are getting exactly what they want to do, uh, what they need in order to build that continuous improvement. I'd see us introducing, continuing to invest in the I, in IoT, moving uh, well beyond just temperature and humidity. And then, uh, last but not least, as we as we look uh, as we look to the success of our MIDI insurance offering with QBE in um, in Australia, we will likely bring a product like that uh, into the Americas at some point in the next. Uh, year year or so, hopefully in 2020.
2: Fair enough. John, do you have anything to add?
0: You know, it's, it's interesting because I think the
1: core theme of,
0: of everything we talked about today kind of goes back to things we've been talking about a lot over the past year, right? So really building up a culture of transparency and honest and open communication at work. You know, I think it is about doing good versus looking good. So, you know, you guys are kind of like the see something, say something of business risk, which is kind of interesting. So, you know, I hope people can kind of take that away. And I think the other thing is just really, you know, people level lists. I think everyone's looking for ways to kind of, um, make sure they're doing the right thing right now, or that they know what to do. And this sounds like a great mechanism to make sure that employees from every level of the organization can kind of be on the same page and kind of, you know, moving in the same direction. So that's, that's pretty great. But on a, on a just technical note, so we've talked a little bit about Gene and and Bob about IoT or Internet of Things. So for folks who aren't familiar with that terminology, how would you define that to folks? Because I feel like that's a buzzword that you know, the definition is different depending on.
1: Yep, in in our arena, it's it's basically removing a manual process through automation. So, going back to our uh, our uh, temperature checks, that's typically somebody in a restaurant going and checking that temperature once an hour, and um, this this gives you the opportunity to to simply put a sensor in there and let the sensor do the work. And when that. Temperature changes automatically send that alert to you so that you can you can spend time focusing on potentially on the quali- going back to our quality use case, making sure that you're putting together just the perfect meal for your customers that's repeatable no matter what location that uh, your customers are at.
2: John, I always said that IoT is like putting a, a brain on an inanimate object, you know? So, you know, the best example is like your phone, which is just an inanimate object, but it's got a brain inside of it. Uh, as Bob is saying, you take a refrigerator, which is an inanimate object, and you put a sensor on it, and it can collect and then communicate what it's doing to other people. Um, you know, and that you know, we're seeing just billions of IoT-enabled devices um, around the world uh, over the next few years. So I think um, we're right on the cutting edge of that.
0: Awesome. And what I kind of love about it, too, is like we know small business owners and all of us, right? We're part of our communities. We like to help others who are like us. And I just think about like if you know that you have a power outage and you're in a main street shopping district, like how cool is that that you can call 10 of your fellow neighbors and be like, hey, you might want to check on your place, too, right? Cool. So um, so just from kind of, a, a, you know, being a good steward of community management, it just It feels like something we should all be considering. How can we kind of really be tuned into what's happening when we might not be there? So I really appreciate the discussion today.
2: That was great, Bob. Thank you so much for joining us. Bob Butler is the GM of the Americas at Safety Culture. His website is safetyculture.com. My name is Gene Marks. Thanks, John Adaconis, for partnering with me on this conversation. It's a really fascinating topic of how important safety is for any business and the technologies that are out there to help you make sure you are safe and compliant. Um, in, in this world post-COVID. So again, Bob, thank you. On behalf of John, thank you. For more information and advice, tips for helping you run your business, please visit us at smallbizahead.com or sba.thehartford.com. Thanks for joining us, guys. And we'll look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Take care.